What's going on guys? Faisal Vellani here from Vellani Consulting and welcome to The Cultural Shift, your podcast to know how to create a culture of growth, innovation and excellence or as I call it, GIE within your organization. Now remember, you can always find the video version of this episode along with others on my YouTube series at vellaniconsulting.com forward slash videos. Now let's get started. Welcome back, guys, to The Culture Shift. This is Faisal Vellani from Vellani Consulting. And today, I have a very special guest with me, Oni Anyado. Oni, how's it going, my man? Hi, Faisal. I'm very, very well. How are you doing? I, I'm doing fantastic. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am and how pumped I am to have you here on this show. Um, I, I mainly want to kind of tell the audience how we connected first, just because I think it's yes. such a unique story. Um, and it really truly speaks about a brand that you and I are very, uh, very passionate about, which is LinkedIn. Yes. So I was, I was doing a post on the power of, uh, power of visualization and I was doing my research and I happened to run across one of Oni's uh, um, sayings that he had put out, I believe back in 2013 or 15 from what I remember. Um, and the, the quote goes something and I'm, I'm kind of ad-libbing here is uh, the greatest poverty is the poverty of vision. And yes, that yes. quote struck me like a lightning bolt because in just a few few words, he was able to simplify something that is so unique to all businesses, all individuals, that if they don't have a vision, they can be the best team, the best person, be as, uh, as productive as they want to be. But if they don't have vision of where they're going, they're basically going around in circles. So Oni, I want to start it off there. What made you coin that phrase? What, what kind of pushed you into that domain? Yeah, so I think I, I first penned it in 2013, 14, that kind of period, if my memory serves me right. And it was, just a, it was just a divine idea. I mean, yeah, I think the quote is, the worst entrepreneur, do you know the worst kind of poverty is the poverty of vision. And I think I realized from my own life story and from seeing the world that, um, you know, I always wondered how can a multimillionaire, how can someone that won 25 million pound on a lottery within mm -hmm. two years be broke, busted and disgusted? That How is that possible? when someone's won $80 million on a lottery and then five years later, they haven't got a penny to their name or a dollar or, dollar or cents to their name. So yeah, the worst kind of poverty in most cases is the poverty of vision. That's, that's absolutely correct. You see that with professional athletes so much, right? They're, they're so good in their particular career, but once that career is over and once the money stops flowing in, um, within yes. a couple of years, a lot of them are either broke or the money's kind of run out, but because they didn't create a vision of what it is that wanted their life to be after that, that span of 10, 15 years was over. Yes. Okay. So let me ask you, I, I think your story is pretty unique. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got started into, into this world and why you decided to help out businesses and organizations to come up with, uh, with leadership and to be able to grow. What got you into that mold? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Hackney, East London. Uh, Hackney is divided into four areas, North London, South London, East London, and West London. Population of maybe, I think, 11.1 .1 million. So I was born and raised to 2.4 family, my father, my mother, my sister, and myself. Unfortunately, at a very early age, I can't remember, maybe when it was like eight or nine or nine or 10, I can't remember, my dad left. So for the majority of my childhood years and my teenage years, it was just me, my mom, and my sister. Thankfully, 25 years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, after 25 years, 
me and my father reunited after 25 plus years. Faisal, it was the most emotional day of my life thus far. I mean, not seeing my dad for 25 years. Do you remember that song by Justin Timberlake? Cry me a river. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in this case, I cried me an ocean because I cried. <laughs> I cried. I mean, not seeing my dad, I was like, well, I remember it was a Sunday. Wow. Um, so I went for the education system, uh, secondary school, college and university. Coming from a Nigerian background, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to become, but, you know, my mom, the, my best mom in the world, a typical Nigerian parent, you have to be a doctor, lawyer, or pharmacist. The three, the three main jobs for every African, every Nigerian. Yep. So I got to university, studied management and marketing. Unfortunately, when I got to the second, and university was, it was, was brilliant. It was me coming of age. I mean, growing up where I grew up, the majority, if not all my friends were young, were black men, were black males. But when I got to um, university, Middlesex University in Northwest London, I had an array of friends, white friends, Indian friends, Chinese friends, um, black friends, all other friends from different kind of races with faces from different places around the world. Unfortunately, when I got to the second year of university, I got distracted. At the time, I was um, the only one out of my friends to be at university. So I dropped out and began living a particular life called the street life. Now, for our viewers, many are international around the world wondering what is the street life. It wasn't really gangs, but it was just young men on the streets of East London up to no good. Unfortunately, in that 10-year period, um, six of my friends got murdered and I nearly got shot, shot dead too. The bullet missed me by millimetres, literally. I mean, the oh. bullet really missed me. Uh, fast forward now, 2020, I'm a UK-based global leadership speaker, corporate trainer and futurist. So for my message of cutting edge distinction, I train and and coach leaders and organizations around the world how to really locate and leverage their distinction in the 2020s and may I say even beyond. Oh, absolutely. It, it's funny that you said that because I was actually on a podcast two days ago and somebody asked me about my background story. And um, yes. I, I told him, I was like, yeah, I, I, um, I call myself the creative chief of the family. So I have a brother who okay. is uh, who's not even a year older than me. He's like 354 days. He's May 26th on May 14th more like back to back basically. Right. Yes. And he is a, he's a smart one. He's a studious one and I'm the creative one. And what I told the guy on the podcast is I'm like, if you know anything about immigrant families, if you're not a, if you're not a doctor, if you're not an engineer, <laughs> you're not doing it right. Right. Your family is <laughs> telling you you're not doing it right. So you better be in those three fields. You better not be creative, right? Get your <laughs> mind into those fields. So I, I can relate to that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And so, my life story, my legacy is called From Detention to Distinction. And, you know, I use that as a point of reference, inspiration, and, um, and really um, discipline as well. Yeah. So I, you call yourself the futurist, which I think is so, um, I think it's so self-aware, right? And I remember listening to one of your podcasts, and you had talked about how the great leaders, right? The Mark Zuckerbergs, the Tim Cooks, the Jeff Bezos, they're not in 2020, right? They're okay. in 2030 or they're in 2035, 2040. They're already envisioning a future that hasn't occurred yet. They don't know how they're going to get there, but they absolutely believe that they will get there. Talk to me a little bit about that. What, what makes you think that that's the frame that people should be in? Yeah. So for example, here in the UK, they have a system called a mortgage. And um, so when John Smith marries Jane Adams, they become Mr. And Mrs. Smith and they get a 25 year mortgage. Mm -hmm. How do they know in 18 years' time they're still going to be working to pay off their mortgage? They've seen something, they've believed something, and now they're taking baby steps to achieve something. Right. Same thing with a, with, with a future. 
Um, the future you're not thinking about has already started. Um, growing up, you know, in the 80s, etc., we'll see the movies of, you know, Star Trek and Knight Rider and Terminator. Yes. These were images of the future. They were telling us about the future, which had already started and majority of the things are now. So when I'm training and coaching and speaking around the world, I always ask my audience and my clients these three questions. So, dear leader, your vision is your future. What do you see? What do you want? And what's your distinction? Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you want? Or what's your distinction? So you're either seeing opportunities and possibilities or you're seeing obstacles and problems. But guess what? In the obstacles and problems, that's where you find the opportunities and possibilities. I mean, look at COVID-19, look at the lockdown. Many of us, many of us entrepreneurs, leaders, even people are not entrepreneurs or leaders, they've seen new opportunities, new possibilities like never before. So yeah, the future... Um, the future that we're not thinking about has already started. So we might as well think about the future, the far future. And, we, and that's going to actually be a skill for the 21st century and beyond. It's, it's futuristic thinking. It's, it's far-sight thinking, 100%. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that. So in the previous world that we were in, um, I, I think just maybe 20 years back, right, when I was growing up, we had a limit to our thinking, right? If you went further past that, yeah. again, if you, if you had a creative mind and you you wanted to expand that horizon, you were told it's not possible. The world that we live in today, there is nothing that is impossible. And it's just delayed, right? If you think of something and it's not there yet, that just means that it's coming around the corner. Maybe you're the one who's going to create it or somebody else is going to create it, but it is absolutely around the corner. I agree 100%, yes. Yeah. And it, it's so funny that you said that, uh, what is, what's your vision, right? What's your distinction? I listen to a lot of what Simon Sinek talks about. And one of the things that he, he tells this really clear story of how he went on a marathon run. And at the end of the marathon run, there were, uh, there were bagels, right? For people to eat. And him and his friends were, were going to get a bagel. And Simon is saying, Hey, let's go get a bagel. And his friend is sending, they're saying, no, the line's too big. I don't want to go get it. And Simon again is saying, well, it's a bagel. And the friend's like, no, no, I don't want to get it. And he goes, that day I realized there's two types of people in the world. One who just see opportunity, they see what they want and they're go get it. Doesn't who see obstacles of what it is that they want, but there's a big line. So they're just not even going to try. They're not going to, they're not going to take a chance. And it is absolutely amazing that the leaders the, of tomorrow are the ones who see opportunity, even in times like these. So yes, hundred percent. That's where I want to piggyback off of what do you see the opportunity in, in, in COVID-19 and the time that we're in right now for, for entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs, for startups, where do you see the opportunity? Yeah, good question. Very, very good question. So, um, so I think I, I spoke about this. I wrote this on a few articles that the next, the next two years is going to be extremely difficult for many people. I think that the next shift, good shift, quote, unquote, is going to be from 2023. So for the next three years, it's time for real entrepreneurs to really develop their brand, begin to market themselves and position themselves, knowing that one, various things are going to happen. One, the market is going to be extremely overcrowded. Why? Many people are going to either lose their jobs or be doing a two-day or three-day working week. So many now employees are going to have two or three days spare on their hand. So majority of them or a large percentage will now start up in business. So when they're going to start up in business, that means now the market's going to be overcrowded. So I see the opportunity for real entrepreneurs to distinguish themselves in their chosen field. They become so cutting edge, so unique that when people mention 
um, events managers or leadership speakers or whatever industry, your names in the top three, top five at least. So this is a time for real entrepreneurs to start up or scale up, but to really become even more cutting edge, become more distinct. Let their, I created the three V's of leadership branding, your vision, your values, and your voice. Now is the time for your vision, your values, and your voice to speak for you when you're silent, because by 2023, we're going to see, definitely see another shift that's going to um, open up even more opportunities. So, yeah. So let's talk about the three V's, right? Cause I, I think your, your three V's, the vision values and, and uh, your voice, they're unique. Uh, I, everybody talks about vision. Everybody talks about values, but it's the voice part that really yes. inspires me to say, yeah, we do live in this world where not everybody has a voice and everybody has a medium to expand their voice. So where do you see companies and individuals taking advantage of that? And who are the ones that you think are not taking advantage of that? Yes. Social media, social media now represents your CV, your website, your business card. Um, companies are destroyed overnight via social media. Yes. Um, companies trend overnight via Twitter, via LinkedIn. So I, I believe now CEOs and senior management have to now, and it's not just, you know, um, posting something about the product or the service. It's now for CEOs and senior management to get personal on the actual company um, social media and begin to talk about the vision, the values and the voice on an on a, on a independent or should I say on a personal level. So mm -hmm. when the potential clients or customers can say, hey, that's John Smith from the CEO of whatever XYZ. Wow, okay, I like what you're saying about resilience. I like what you're saying about empathy. Let me engage with him more. So yeah, this is a great opportunity for rather than being automated and robotic, to be more personalized and more centralized and, you know, to even have, you know, um, tweet chats, et cetera, et cetera, where you're now interacting with your followers and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, clients and potential clients too. Absolutely. So I guess, let me ask you something about that. Uh, a lot of what I preach is for companies rather than hiring based on needs, they hire based on values, right? So the company obviously yes. it, itself has its own set of values and for people, hire on, on the people that fulfill your needs, but also fulfill your values, especially in today's times where your voice is so important. Companies have to realize that there's an individual's voice and there's a company's voice. And if you've hired an individual that does not represent the company's values, you're not taking a chance of somebody speaking on, uh, on the part of the company, but not saying what the company wants. So how do you see, how do you see companies actually trying to overcome that fear and to be able to move forward because the voice isn't going away. The voice is just getting louder now. Yes. So they have to be, make it short, sharp and simple. You know, um, if there's two visions, it's the vision. So you have to make the vision and the voice, the values really, 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 really simple and, and easy to understand, particularly now with remote, with remote working. So many employees are going to be working from home, working remotely. So now, now's the time to even simplify the voice the vision, the values, to make it even more centralized, to understand that actually it's not complicated. When you talk about Nike, you just do it, and they do it in a way that you know it's Nike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's, they love it, love it, loving it. They're loving it. They <laughs> do it in a simple, in, in a simple term. So I, I think it's even going to be more easier for the voice of an organization to be recognized and invalidated by the workforce, 100%. So what do you see? With, with companies and even individuals trying to figure out their vision, right? We, we see so many companies, so many who just on a day-to-day -day basis show up and they're waiting for issues to show up so they can solve the issues 
rather than working on opportunities. What, what do you see the biggest problem over there? So can you repeat that question? The line is a bit bad. Where do you see the biggest problem that companies are having defining their vision? Yeah, good question. So I, I think the fact that everyone's in the market trying to say the same thing. And I think yeah. sometimes an um, organization, a company has to take it back to the basics and just keep it simple, keep it a one liner that's easy for everyone to remember and to pass on as well. So the CEO's vision has to be the same as the janitor or the receptionist. In fact, this, this janitor and the receptionist has to understand the, the, the vision of the organization like it's their date of birth. It has to roll off their tongue easily than, than, than literally their date of birth. So I think now, now is the time with this coronavirus, we're now in a new norm. I think for me, and that's the essence of my message of Patina's distinction, is mm -hmm. simplification. It's to simplify it, simplify everything. Gone are the days of complication of big bar charts and graphs right. and let's keep it simple, short, sharp, simple, structured, bam, 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 bam. You know, I, I'm so happy to hear you say that. So what I teach a lot is um, the five habits of success. My, my formula is if you want growth, growth is a factor of uh, two things. It's innovation and excellence, right? Mm -hmm. And even within innovation and excellence, the way you get that is by, uh, by implementing five habits. My number one habit is a habit to simplify, right? That, that is oh, foundational. Wow. If, if you don't simplify your organization, all other habits are, are going to and uh, it's funny, I, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to show this to you. So this is basically what I do with companies. I break everything down into a journey. And if it doesn't fit on this one page, your vision, your values, your your mission, then you're doing it wrong. You can't have these 300, 400 page binders anymore. <laughs> because you're right, you might write it, but nobody knows it anymore. Nobody understands no. what you've written down. No, and and, and that's the essence. I mean, we're in a, in a new decade the first year of a new decade, which I've called the era of creative distinction. And I love what you mentioned about innovation and excellence. I mean, I see it across what you're posting across LinkedIn in particular. I'm like, wow, this is, this is real cutting edge. And yeah, it's, the, it's that simplification of it. And to, you know, in this era of creative distinction, this new norm has changed everything. And right now, um, Zoom is easy to use. We know the vision, the values, and the voice. Twitter is easy to use. So organizations and companies, they have to simplify it I wouldn't even say dumb it down, but simplify it that everyone no. can really understand it, grasp it, and then move with it too. Right. I, I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark, right? They think simplicity is dumbing it down. Simplicity is hard. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to simplify. I think it's easy to, to add complexity to anything. But yeah. simplification essentially means that now you're looking for solutions. You're not looking for problems. So you go, you find the root cause, and you fix that. I, I agree with you. It's not dumbing it down. It's, it's actually making it easier for your company. Yes, 100%. So, let, let's talk about uh, leadership. Since you uh, so much with leadership, you have the three eyes of leadership. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yes. Yeah, so in 2015, I, I created a concept. So I'm a leadership speaker. So I speak about you know leadership distinction, cutting edge leadership in particular. But as a leadership speaker, I had to find my distinction in my distinction. So when I entered the industry a number of years back, I promised myself two things. One, I would never call myself a motivational speaker. And there's nothing wrong with that, but at the time in my area, my community, there was many motivational speakers saying the same thing, you know, be the best you can be, never give up, etc. That's good, but I knew that I had to come with something different. And I would never quote anyone, but rather I'd be constantly be quoted. And obviously that that's speaking for itself now. So I decided that I can't really speak and teach and coach and train on leadership. Um, let me speak, coach, train on cutting edge leadership. So I created the three eyes. 
in a, in a quote, but it's more of an insight and a model. So in 2015, I said the following, leadership isn't about age, but rather leadership is about influence, impact, and inspiration. Leadership isn't about age, but rather it's about the three eyes, influence, impact, and inspiration. Okay, tell me a little bit more about that. What do you mean with, uh, with influence, impact, and, and inspiration? Mainly impact. Yeah, so um, before we can influence, impact, and inspire, whether you're a CEO, whether you're an employee, whether you're an entrepreneur, particularly now in this era of the new norm and the era of creative distinction, the first person you have to influence, impact, and inspire is yourself. It's that self-resilience, that, that, that dogged, determined, cutting-edge leadership that, hey, that, Yes, I can be inspired, challenged, motivated, et cetera. But if it's going to be, it's up to me. So it's not about age. It's not how old you are or how young, young you are, how long you've been in business, how long you've been in an organization, but rather it's about influence, impact, and inspiration. And the first person on a daily basis, you have to influence, impact, and inspire is yourself. I mean, you heard my life story from detention to distinction. Yes. I, I didn't grow up with a golden spoon in my mouth. I grew up with a dirty spoon in my mouth dropped out of university. I've been evicted. I had to move back into my mom's house. But I've got this inner resilience, this influence, impact, and inspiration that I'm going to live my legacy and leave my legacy. So the essence of cutting-edge leadership is we don't have to be dead to leave a legacy. When famous what, people die. What, what is your internal motivation then? It, your story is obviously one of, uh, of power and motivation. What is it that gets you out of bed when the days are so rough, right? The day that you got evicted, the day that you had to move back to your mom's house, what made you get up the very next day and say, it doesn't matter because I'm still on my journey? I didn't have a plan B, truth be told. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, you I know, yeah, yeah, to be honest. And I know many people are going to be listening, are listening live, are going to listen. I didn't say don't have a plan B. Please hear right. me out. What me personally, I said, I didn't have a plan B. First of all, I didn't have no qualifications. I didn't have no experience. So I knew that all I had was this, was this gift, was this passion, was this dream, was this vision. And I knew I had to go full steam ahead. Because if I didn't, there's nothing else I could have done. I couldn't go back to the streets. The streets right. didn't want me. I didn't want the streets. There's nothing else I could have done. So I knew that I've been called to do this and this is my legacy. I've got to live it and I've got to leave it. Right. Well, Will Smith says it really uh, famously, right? There's no need. And again, I'm not advocating for not having a plan B, but there's no need to have a plan B because it only distracts you from plan A, right? If, if yes. you're always looking over your shoulder at the next exit that's coming up, you're never paying attention <laughs> to the road, right? So yeah, wow. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I tend to agree that, yeah, if you, if you burn the boats, that's how you take the island. If you don't have a plan B, that's how plan A goes into effect. And then one of my quotes, I think about three years ago, I said the following, entrepreneur, your distinction will come from working your plan A rather than wandering on plan B. Your distinction will come from working your plan A rather than wandering on plan B. And sometimes, and many people, their plan B, I call it the three Fs, fear, fatigue, and frustration. Yeah. Fear, fatigue, and frustration. So entrepreneur, your distinction will come from working your plan A your, le your leadership, your legacy, and your light, rather than wandering on plan B, your fear, your fatigue, your frustration. Yes, I got frustrated. Yes, I got tired. Yes, I was a bit fearful, but I knew I had to keep on keeping on. It's, it's funny because, again, I want to go back to the whole growth 
Deagle's innovation uh, plus excellence model. A lot, very early in my life, I had figured out growth in any part, right? Growth in whether it's your business, your work, your relationship, your, your marriage is a factor of two things, innovation and excellence. But even within that, there's a formula. I believe it's 20% innovation and 80% excellence. And the, the way I define it is we're all creative people. So we all have solutions to our problems, right? Whether we admit it or not, we know what the solution is. So each one of us can come up with an idea. So a parent having a child, that child, according to me, is innovation. That child didn't exist. Now that child's in the world. But in order for that child to grow up, to be the person that they're meant to be, for them to be able to do what meant to do, somebody has to show up into that child's life each and every day to do the work, to get up in the mornings, to feed them breakfast, to take care of the bad day, and then come back and say, I'm going to do this again. Right? It, it doesn't have to be their mom, dad, but somebody has to be there as a leader to show up. And that's what I think excellence is, is to show up each and every single day. And I think that's why people have this plan B in mind, because innovation is easy. Ideas are easy. Execution is hard. So yeah. when you get to that execution part, your mind is automatically thinking of, oh, this is too hard. I can come up with another better idea. Let's go do that first. I agree with you 110%. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's, that's a, that's a hard part for, for anybody to, to kind of grasp. But once they do, once they understand it, respect the journey, enjoy the journey, I think that they could accomplish anything and everything. And it seems like that's, that's what you're preaching as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be, uh, you know, a sort of a recognized global leadership speaker you know, futurist corporate train, I would have been in the air. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I went back to adult college, got my level one in counseling. And that was my, that was my vision and my dream to become a counselor. But then obviously, you know, I heard about life coaching, um, mm-hmm. done the two day training. Um, they sell you the package after the two days. I didn't have a pound. I didn't have, I think the cheapest was £4,000. I didn't have £4 to my name, took a step of faith and the rest was history. And so, and so now is the time to, um, again, I, I created the three Ds of, leadership resilience, your discipline, your dedication, and your determination. Your discipline, your dedication, and your determination. Speaking to audience and my clients, I always ask them, who's the fastest man on planet Earth? 99.9% everyone says, or 99.9% of the people say Usain Bolt. But I always say that Usain Bolt's been retired for about five, six years now. But what distinguishes Usain Bolt? He wasn't born fast, you know, when his mother was giving birth. And she was pushing him out. And the doctor was saying, push, Mrs. Bolt, push. They yeah, mommy, I push, mommy, I push. Congratulations, <laughs> you've given birth to a newborn. And he flew out of his mother's womb. <laughs> no, right. it was his discipline, his dedication, and his determination. Right. In, a, in, a, in a cold or the hot, hot nights of, in Kingston, Jamaica, when there was no one there, when it was on the roadside and on the beaches, he was running. When he didn't yeah. have electricity in his house, he was running. He saw himself winning Olympic gold and it was a resilience and it was a, it's that resilience that distinguishes the great entrepreneurs that we respect, we regard and we recognize. Yeah. It reminds me of Roger Bannister running the four minute mile, right? When, when he did it, it was practically impossible, but he was resilient. He was disciplined. He had a vision. He showed up every single day and he finally broke that mold. And after he does it, 37 people do it within two years. So it's, it's funny, right? We were just talking about nothing is impossible it just hasn't been proven wrong yet until somebody wow. does it. And now your mind shatters and you're like, Oh, I, I can do that as well. Wow. So, I love, that's powerful. Wow. 
Yeah, that actually leads me into something else that I heard you say. It it really reminded me because I'm I'm into sports, especially basketball. I think you had said, "How can you you be afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet?" Right? And yeah. I don't know if you saw the the last document, uh, the last dance documentary with Michael Jordan, but he said in there, "How can you be afraid of taking a shot that you haven't even taken yet?" Right? And that wow. resonated with me so much because that shows the mind of a champion. He's not scared of of uh, a failing because that thing hasn't happened yet and once it happens he's not worried about it he's going to go take that same shot over again yeah yeah and and so you know 99% of i think psychologists said that 99% of the things we're scared of never happens and fear um f e a r they say it's false evidence appearing real yeah and fear is 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 like a spirit it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh you know i'm i'm going to post it on linkedin tomorrow but I remember when I was living in my mum's house, I got the idea for my first book, Hitting the Target, a 12-month guide to distinction. I didn't have a pound to my name. I didn't have a laptop. I had to use scrap paper to write it. Yes, there was voices like, oh, come on, man, who's going to buy this book? This book ain't worth nothing. No one ain't going right. to read it. You're not going to have no money. But I, I, had to write across, I had to write over my fears. I had to cover my fears. And if I didn't take that step of faith in 2010, I wouldn't be now here in 2020 leading with creative distinction. So... Yeah, the the you know, I can be afraid of what what hasn't happened, what you can't see. I'm afraid of the unknown. Yeah. How can you be afraid of something you haven't seen yet? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I think that's one of the things that stops a lot of people from the voice aspect of it, right? Just to to get on social media to be able to speak your mind and to be authentic is so nerve-wracking. It's a, it's a lot e- easier to talk about motivation, whether is that the world's talking about, but in order to be able to give your own opinion, you have to open yourself out to the world. And I think that's the fear, the fear of voice that is, uh, is taking over our world today to be authentic versus to be another copy of somebody else. True. And yeah, I love that. And then that's why I said something kind of lines that distinction is not about beating the best. Distinction is about beating your best. Yes. So the, the world gets us into competition. Oh my gosh, I have to be like Anthony Robbins. I have to be like Les Brown. I have to be like, you know, Eric Thomas, and these are great speakers, but no, distinction is not about beating the best. Distinction is about beating your best. And once you begin to regularly beat your best, in your own mind, you become the best because you're not actually in an unhealthy competition with others. And society pushes us that way that we have to be in competition. Oh my gosh, we have to copy, we have to copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, yep. which we learn from school to a certain extent. But no, it's yes. about, about being original, it's about being distinct, it's about being cutting edge, it's about seeing what no one else is seeing, saying what no one else is saying and really believing and achieving what no one else is believing and achieving. Yeah, I, I think uh, growing up, we we get this imposter syndrome kind of built into us, right? Like you said, school builds it in. Um, unknowingly, our parents will end up building it in because they, they were brought up in a society where, hey, look at your cousin, look at your friend, look at this, look at that. They want their kids to be the best version of what they can be. And sometimes unknowingly, they build in this fear of, hey, I need to beat that other person besides just saying let's and who you were yesterday and let's continue to be that way for the rest of your life and you'll get there exactly where you want to get there yes yeah perfect only i i think this has been a great conversation before we wrap up any knowledge nuggets that you want to drop over to the community any any words of wisdom especially in the times that we're facing right now yeah thank you so i'll I'll drop um yeah amazing conversation i don't I don't want it to stop. I'm flowing, 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 flowing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll drop a few. So, um, I've called every year. I've called it a particular theme. So this year, 2020, I've called it the year of legacy distinction. So, an, an ideology that I created about cutting edge leadership is 
Distinction in leadership isn't about me, myself, and I. Mm -hmm. Distinction in leadership is about him, her, and them. Distinction in leadership isn't about me, myself, and I. Distinction in leadership is about him, her, and them. That's one. Two, entrepreneur or dear leader. Start local, think global, and constantly raise the bar of excellence. Yes. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Start local, start where you are, start in your community, start on social media, start in that WhatsApp group, start local, think global, the global market is now local and constantly raise the bar of excellence. But my message of cutting edge distinction, I combined excellence and branding. And as I said, created the three Vs, your vision, your values and your voice. So ultimately what I'm saying is entrepreneur, dear leader, start local, think global and constantly raise the bar of your vision, constantly raise the bar of your values and constantly raise the bar of your voice. Why? Free, that's leadership. But what is the essence of cutting edge leadership? Leadership isn't about age, but rather leadership is about influence, impact, and inspiration. And the first person you have to influence, impact, and inspire is yourself. That is amazing. I, I do, I truly do appreciate you passing that on to our team here. Um, if somebody Thank wanted you. to get in touch with you, Oni, where, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, so um, I'll, I won't share my fully loaded Nigerian name that's got 16 <laughs> letters in it. It'd be, it'd be impossible to find. But no, I mean, um, Oni and Yardo, I'm sure on the podcast you'll have my links, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, just look for me, Oni and Yardo, of course. Just Google me. As I said, that's part of my CV, my website, and my brand. You can find me online. But yeah, I'm sure thanks all you um, post some of the links. But yeah, contact me, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. And of course, YouTube. So yeah, Oni and Yado. Um, and that's it. Yeah, you, you can catch me online. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much, Oni. And for everyone who's listening out on, uh, on the chat group, um, I can't say this enough. The, the time that we're in right now, the opportunity that we have, this opportunity is not going to come back. So this is the time to take over your dreams. Anything and everything that you want to accomplish, as Oni has said right now, the impossible is just right around the corner. So if you have a dream, go after it. If you need help, you've got everybody here. Reach out to any single one of us. And again, thank you so much for joining us on The Cultural Shift, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, then be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving with some great advice on how to create or transform your culture towards G. I -E. This is Faisal Vellani from Vellani Consulting, and as always, let's grow, innovate, and excel together. Until next time. <music>